Hey everyone, I'm Amanda Shapiro and welcome back to Food People. Thanks for being here. So I have a theory and my theory is that there's a reason people don't like to go to dinner on the first date. Obviously, no escape route, you kind of get stuck in the chair, but also I think it's more that you don't really want to be reminded of that bad date every time you eat ramen. You know what I mean? Well, my boyfriend and I had our first date at Roberta's, a sort of infamous pizza spot in Brooklyn. We sat at the bar, we drank beer, and when it seemed to be going well, we split a pizza. And the rest was, I don't even need to say the word, you know, we're still together. It's a pretty boring origin story, honestly, but my point is, even though I don't remember what we talked about or what we wore or really very much else, I do remember the pizza. It was great. And I think I'm not alone on this because food memories are really strong, especially when they're connected to intimacy or any kind of deep emotion. And so that's what today's episode is about. It's about the food we were eating when we met our people and when we knew we were in love and the food that we still make for each other to show that love. And yes, I'm going to acknowledge that this is a Valentine's Day episode, and no, there are no hot takes or clever alt-holiday ideas. We're just doing an episode about love and food, always food. So today we're talking to three couples, all of whom have a deep relationship with each other, but also with food. First up are Emile and Lauren Stanick, whose relationship actually blossomed in the hallowed halls of Bon Appetit. Welcome back to the pod, Emil. Glad to be here. And Lauren, I'm so happy to have you on for the first time. As our audience may already know, Emil Stenick is a BA contributor, longtime friend of the brand, former full-time employee. And Lauren is an amazing recipe developer, consultant, chef, food stylist, completely multifaceted, also in food, and just happens to be married to Emil. What can't she do? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> stop. Stop. I mean, we actually met at Bon Appetit at the time. This is November 5th, 2014. These two chefs who we both love, Nick Bala and Courtney Burns, who are the chefs of Bar Tartine, were coming to Four Times Square, which is where the Bon Appetit offices were at the time, to throw a cookbook launch party for the Bar Tartine cookbook. And I begged my boss to give me the day off so I could go cook with them. And Lauren had worked with them in San Francisco and was on Martha's Vineyard. And they had asked her to come down to cook with them, right? Yeah. They were like, hey, we have this really important dinner at Bon Appetit. Can you come help us? I couldn't figure out how to get into the building. I was literally sleeping with a pig in my bed at the time, like a baby pig <laughs> from the farm I was working on. I had been on the island too long in the rural part of Martha's Vineyard and was just like, I don't know how to get into office buildings. I feel extremely confused about where I am. I'd never spent time in Times Square. And I'm sleeping with a pig. I'm sleeping with a pig. Emil came and got me. I remember very vividly coming down to the lobby and seeing you for the first time and being like, who is this luminous being? Oh my God. Um, which also you had driven overnight, not slept, and were very tired. But, you know, it really worked for me. <laughs> You're into it. I'm going to move us ahead because I have so many questions for you. So at what point 
was it that night that you then asked Lauren out? What took it to the next level? I think I specifically asked about noodles. Yeah. And it was like, I want to eat noodles all month. Where should I go? And Emil was like, well, if you give me your number, I will oh. text you a bunch of places. Emil, such a... <laughs> yeah, so I got Lauren's number, but she had to go back to the vineyard to check on her pig that she was sleeping with and then, like, come back. Okay, so... Let's get to the part where you actually decide to hang out. Well, we had to meet at Morgan Stearns, which is an ice cream place on the Lower East Side, which was because you had to drop something off there. My chef on the vineyard had a bunch of wild pears that had begun to rot, but was insistent that I bring these pears to Mr. Morgan Stern. And... We decided that that's where we were going to meet, and then we were going to go eat noodles in Chinatown. And it was still kind of like, is this a date? I don't know. I mean, I really wanted it to be a date. I just had no idea. I've said this to Emil many times and to many people that are close to me. As soon as I met Emil, I was like, I feel like we're going to be best friends or we're going to be lovers. There's no version where I want this person to not be in my life. But at least you knew there was some sort of intense connection after that first date. And then we walked to a place called Tasty Hand-Pulled Noodle. Oh my God, amazing place. I feel like though that was the moment for me that I was like, oh, this is a date. Yeah. We were in the basement. We were by ourselves. We've got like big bowls of noodle soup. I was just like, oh, this is a date. Yeah. (laughs) Even though we had been on a date for like a few hours at that point. Yeah. But I feel like the noodles really sealed it. So let's move into the present. You both are professionally in the food industry in many capacities. You also live together in a home in Hudson now. So you're cooking around each other a lot. I want to hear more about what that's like. Well, Lauren and I both are pretty stubborn. And when it comes to food, I feel like we have really beautiful collaborations. But also when one of us is like, I'm thinking about this pasta dish I kind of want everything to be exactly how I was imagining it. And I think vice versa. If you're like, this is what's for dinner, you have like a picture in your mind and you really want it to be like that. And I think there was a time early in our relationship where we kind of came to realize that when it came to dinner, somebody had to drive, you know? Yeah. Like if Lauren's cooking and I ask her if I can help and she says, cut onions, I'm going to ask, how do you want the onions cut? Because if I just cut them the way that I think makes sense for this dish, that might not be what you were picturing. What is something that you do completely differently? Like, what's something that Lauren does, Emil, that you just will never understand? Other than load the dishwasher? (laughs) I mean, does any couple not fight about the dishwasher? We never fight about it, but that's because I know I'm really bad at it. No one once in my whole life has ever told me I'm good at it. Same. I just have never cared to learn. Never cared. I'm also just like, what makes sense is just how much can go inside. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but what about a cooking thing? Okay, something that I do that's really annoying. I I feel like I know what annoys him more. Emil really doesn't like it. If he's cooking something, you're making like a beautiful pot of tomato sauce with ribs and like a Sunday sauce with like ribs and sausage. Emil does not like it. If you take a big rib out of that and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to take a cook's treat. I feel like all of Emil's closest friends know this. He's like, we wait because we eat this in partnership. We eat this in community. And when you take 
before it's ready, you're taking from the community. I feel that so much. But it's a principle of dining, cooking, serving etiquette or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really gets me when somebody starts snacking off of the cutting board. But yeah. also, yeah. yes, there's something about it like I have like a real fear of scarcity. And I'm just like, Same. this is all got to be all together. And then we're all every single shard of onion has to be in this chili. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I guess this was meant to be more about me. But I guess I'm the culprit. Like, I'm the snacker. You're the secret snacker. I'm the snacker. And that's not okay. I've gotten a lot better. You have. You have. I've gotten a lot better. It really takes a lot, though, because I strongly believe in snacking while you go. I love it, though. Okay, Lauren, this question is for you. I know you've made many dishes for Emil before, but let's say you had to cook one dish for him tonight that showed your love for him. What would it be? Okay. I can't just pick one. But I'm going to say adobo, Filipino adobo, or I'm going to say brandad. Yeah. And I feel like we both, we love fish. We love fishy things. Mm-hmm. I mean, fish is really sexy. Is it? It is to me. And there's something about <laughs> it being perishable and kind of precious that makes it feel very, um, yeah. Also, fish cookery in general feels special. It's different than cooking other things, and you have to treat it with love and care. And it's also very sensual to eat often. Like, you're either eating, like, a whole fish with your hands, or it's just so buttery the way that it kind of melts. Yeah, totally. Mm. How do you feel about Valentine's Day? Do you celebrate it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we celebrate Valentine's Day. I mean, I feel like we have, like, a lot of different little days and anniversaries that are meaningful to us. I feel like Valentine's Day, in some ways, it ends up being just kind of another night. Like, we're normally at home cooking for each other. But I feel like we take a little bit more care and somebody buys some flowers, buy a nice bottle of wine. Definitely some champagne is involved or martinis. Like, you know, we do it up. But when I think about it, it's not necessarily that different than another Wednesday where we're hanging out and making it special. It's about love. That doesn't need to be just us sitting at a table gazing into each other's eyes. We can do that any night. (laughs) That's every other night of the week. Exactly. Okay, we're going to close it out. I am just swimming in love right now. I can't wait to see you two again, hopefully very soon. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we will talk to another couple, Danielle Bell and Pablo Osorio, on what it was like dating and working together on their dinner series, Depores. And after that, I'm going to speak to two just lovely human beings, loves of my life, my good friends, Carla Perez Gallardo and Lyndon Crawford. They also have a great story about how they decided to start dating, and it involves chilaquiles. Stay with us. I'm going to talk to a couple who actually did go into business together. Danielle Bell and Pablo Osorio are the team behind Depores, a dinner series highlighting Pablo's Peruvian heritage and Danielle's Southern roots. The dinner series came about around the same time as their relationship, and associate editor Bettina McAlintal wrote about them in the February issue of the magazine. But before we get into talking about Depores, Danielle and Pablo, tell us about how you first met. We actually met 
through Hervé, a guy who worked at Stone Home. After work, he invited me to hang out with some of his work friends, and Pablo was one of them in Bed-Stuy. Is that where you were living at the time? I was living in Borum Hill, yep. Oh, but you were both in New York. Right. So he invited me to play dominoes <laughs> with all these kitchen guys, and it was actually my first time ever playing dominoes. And I won. I won, I think, the most games. That's the important thing to remember. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, I thought he was cute. Pop was very quiet. He didn't talk much. But then I bumped into him again in Fort Greene, actually at that kind of whatever sports bar. Moe's? Moe's, yes. And so we bumped into one another then, and I was headed to Spain. And I said, oh, I need a refresher with my Spanish. Can you help me out? And then we hung out for about a week or two until I left. Oh, so you claimed you needed a Spanish tutor and really... I did need one. (laughs) I needed one, but... um, But you also wanted to hang out. Of course. Yeah. So that was how long ago? 11 years ago. Wow. Pablo, tell me about the first meal you made for her. I know that there's a paella pan involved. Yeah. I remember her having that paella pan on the on the wall. I probably said, like, let's make a paella, authentic Valencian or Sevillian paella. It was with snails and rabbit. Oh, my God. Where did you get snails and rabbit? It was the butcher in Essex Street Market. The paella was made when I got back from Spain. I think it was something that... I thought could be fun. I love a dinner party. I love having my friends around. I wanted to kind of show them off a little bit. That's really what it came down to. That's why I invited so many people. Mm, Like you wanted them to vet him or you wanted to show him off? I knew they'd like him. I wanted to show him off. (laughs) So you're making this paella together for a big group of your friends. Pablo, you'd probably made paella before. You knew what you were doing. It's always hard to make paella because the pants... You don't really have a burner big enough. But yeah, I made it before, but it's always different. You're never sure how it's going to come out. (laughs) So at what point did you two say to each other, we're dating now? I don't know. I mean, we're still not like the kind of people that celebrate anniversaries and have, you know, on this day we met. I mean, we have some idea of when we sort of fell for one another and where when we're you know how long we've been in each other's lives Mm, you kind of circled each other for a while pablo is that how you remember it yes (laughs) basically yes i probably made him fried chicken really early into the relationship probably with greens that used to be my thing (laughs) fried chicken and greens. yeah you will him in with like fried chicken and greens i mean you both clearly have strong tastes and strong points of view when it comes to food. Danielle, what was it about Pablo's cooking that inspired you? You know, I was actually talking to my mom yesterday about how Pablo's cooking has influenced me quite a bit. My grandmother's a great cook. My mother's a great cook. There's a lot of great cooks in my family. But I found that Southern food can be really heavy. So last night I made my mom shrimp with wine and butter and cilantro and paprika and some other stuff. But she just really liked it. And I said, you know, this is something I picked up from Pablo, like just a certain amount of acid, a certain amount of brightness to the food. Even the stews have these punches that are just really great. I made aji de gallina, which is iconic 
Peruvian chicken stew Mm. because I knew my mom and my niece would love it. You have to make your own chicken stock and there's walnuts and there's ají amarillo and Pablo serves his over an olive garlicky rice. But even when the dish is really heavy with Pablo's take on Peruvian cuisine, there's always just going to be something that's like really familiar, but then something that's just so different that inspired me 11 years ago and it continues to inspire me now. That is such an amazing description. I am in love with that. So, Danielle, how did that lead you into forming Depores? That took a while. Depores was kind of conceived at the end of that whole supper club trend that was happening. I thought we were maybe a little too late for it, but I also thought that we both had something kind of special to offer. And Pablo, tell me about the name Depores. Where does that come from? Depores comes from San Martin Depores, who's a saint, a Peruvian saint, that he's a mixed race. And he's the patron saint of, I think, animals or pets and television. He's the patron saint of so much stuff. Pets and television. So how would you describe your dynamic in the kitchen when you're cooking together? for your pop-ups and your dinner parties? Well, thankfully, we have two different lanes for the most part. Um, I do the pastries and he does the savories and I do like the hosting and the flowers and all of the setup. We'll plate together. We do the menus together. When we had our delivery service at the height of the pandemic, we kind of worked a little more together than we do with actual dinners. I stay out of his way and... Sometimes, you know, there's certain dishes, even if he does the whole thing, he might have me finish it. Like when we do she crab soup, at the very end, he's like, oh, just finish it, add more sherry, add more whatever. But for the most part, it's he's here and I'm there. And that really does help if you're living and working with somebody. And then what about when it's just the two of you cooking for each other on a normal night? Who's doing what and what might you make together? Hmm. The last time we cooked together was we went to a farmer's market straight from the airport. And it's actually a really, really great market and got to kind of walk around and see what we might want to put on the table with his family. Yeah, it was nice. He found squash. I found really good apples and local oysters. And again, when we cook, we're never really on top of one another. Mm. I mean, it's just kind of annoying. So he actually did most of the cooking. I shucked a few oysters. I I made an apple pie, but he did the bulk of everything. Yeah. We just try to give each other a bit of space, honestly. Yeah. Honestly, like the most important thing for a successful partnership in the kitchen and in life, I think, is space. Actually, Pablo's been baking without me lately. Wow. He made some beautiful cinnamon rolls. He sent me a photo of them. Brioche, that my mean, favorite bread. That means he misses you. I think so. <laughs> the baking. I miss all the sweets. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. And thank you for sharing your story with me today. Thanks for listening. It's a pleasure. So my next guests are two people I truly just adore. I don't need Valentine's Day to tell them about it. First, Lyndon is a writer who has also worked as a restaurant server, a bartender, a barista, also a tax preparer, more jobs that I can even go into. Lyndon is also one of my oldest friends. We went to college together, and I'm not going to tell you our nicknames for each other because that is between me and Lyndon. 
We also have chef and owner Carla Perez-Gallardo here with us today. And Carla, in addition to being Lyndon's partner, is the mind behind Lil Dub's Oasis, which is one of my favorite restaurants in the whole big wide world. It's up in Hudson, New York. It was a 2019 James Beard semifinalist. And in 2020, Carla and Lyndon, thank you so much for being here today. Heidi ho. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the last time we actually hung out. I think it was probably in your apartment, Lyndon, eating pizza. It was definitely like peak COVID vibes. Yeah, for sure. So now we're here and we're talking about your relationship. So I want to hear about the role that food played in both of your lives, even before you met. Carla, why don't you start? Uh, well, I'm a chef, so you might imagine that food has played a central role in my life for quite some time. And that imagination would be true. It would be accurate. <laughs> I have had a very close and intimate relationship with food for as long as I can remember. My mom and aunt were into Japanese macrobiotic cooking for health reasons. And so I grew up really entrenched in vegan Japanese cuisine and was embarrassed of my lunches as a child at school. And then my grandma cooked in the city. I grew up eating like high holiday Jewish food and Ecuadorian traditional food. So all of those things were integral to my growing up and the love of the kitchen. I was always super busy in there. I remember sticking my finger in the blender as a four-year-old and being like, oh my God, Ow! but also being fine and still going back and wanting to do more. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a lifelong relish with me. and Long relish. Yeah. Long. What about you, London? Well, I've definitely had a lifelong relationship with food as well. <laughs> Been eating it since. Uh... Yeah, day one. But I think mine's a little more lowbrow than Carla's. My grandmother also, I would say, was a central role in my food life. She actually worked at my dad's school in the cafeteria. So she had to cook for hundreds of people every day. And she definitely knew how to make everything. I baked with her a lot. I spent a lot of time at her house. So I definitely learned the most from her. Yeah. So tell me about how you both met. We met at a Christmas party with no like intention oh, yeah. of being introduced. But I was in a place in my life where I wasn't permitting myself to have dating eyes. And I had dating eyes for Lyndon that night, but I turned them off. I you were on celibacy mode. Yes. I closed my dating eyes. But then you opened them. Then I opened them wide. <laughs> <laughs> so it was at a Christmas party. You encountered each other. When did you actually go on a date? A few months later. Basically, like the next time we saw each other, I was past my celibacy mode. And mm. I was, like hit on Lyndon very heavily. And they were like, bah! Wait, when you say bah, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, I said, okay, so can I sleep over? And they said, Maybe. <laughs> and then did allow me to sleep over. But there was rules and regulations. Okay, so let's get to this pivotal meal. At some point, have you decided you're dating by this point? Well, the very first night that we slept in the same bed, we woke up in the morning and we just started walking around. And at some point we talked about getting something to eat. And I remember... I had slight internal panic because I was like, oh my God, I'm with this chef. I've been in Brooklyn for like not even a year. I don't know where the hell I'm going to take this person. And luckily I had been living in the area with Amanda, actually. And 
somehow had been aware of this little taqueria on Nostrand Avenue, which was pretty close to where we were. It was Taqueria yeah. Milliar, right? So that was my first time at Taqueria Milliar. And let's just say that I was impressed. <laughs> Thank God. So Carla, do you remember what you ordered? I took London's Leaf. They always order the chilaquiles. And I'm like one of those people who like, if I want to order the same thing, I struggle to because I'm like, we can't both get the same thing. So I yeah. didn't get the chilaquiles that day. But as soon as I tasted them, I was like, I should have gotten the chilaquiles. But I yeah. did get a quesadilla with huilacoche, which is awesome. And I hadn't really seen huilacoche on the menu just loosely listed like that. Yeah. And so I was psyched to see that and definitely, like, did not regret my order. But the chilaquiles are where it's at at Millar, for sure. So why was this such a pivotal meal? Like, what was the conversation? Primarily, I was definitely impressed that Lyndon had picked Taqueria Millar because it just hit the spot for me in terms of a little hole in the wall, amazing food, really sweet service. You're kind of no one and you're everyone when you're there. You can disappear, but they give you such good service that you feel special. And so yeah. that started winning me over. I feel like Liz warmed my heart, but it was really Lyndon. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I had been like floating around in my like, single polyamorous lifestyle for a couple of years and was loving it, but I definitely caught some feelings pretty quick when I met Lyndon. And there's several things about their charming personality and way of being that sucked me off my feet. And it didn't take much for me to be like, okay, I'm all yours. Like, you're all mine, right? You know, like kind of quick pivot that I think was probably extremely confusing for young Lyndon. I remember you saying, just announcing very similarly um, that you were no longer dating the other person you were dating. And I was like, okay, great news. Here we are. (laughs) Same street, different day, you know? Yeah. (laughs) That was a good day. Okay. Carla, what is the dish that you would make for Lyndon to show your love for them. I'm sure you've cooked many dishes for Lyndon before, but if you had to pick one thing for whatever reason, what would it be and why? Okay, I have two answers off the cuff. One is soup, because that tends to be my slow day at home, like caring for each other, chilling meal. And then my other answer would be a whole fish, either fried or roasted. I think both of those are like emblematic of how I like to feed people and like especially people I love, something that involves some process and like time and is very, you know, physical the way you eat a fish. Definitely love making whole fish for women. I love when you make whole fish for me at the restaurant (laughs) as well. Just putting that there. But wait, did you say what kind of soup? I mean, I've been really into making fish soup lately, but it can be chicken soup. It's really whatever, whatever mood it is, but usually involving a longer process of stock and then finishing with some delicious flavors and lots and lots of herbs. Mm, Slow and thoughtful and intentional. Yeah, exactly. Lyndon, do you cook for Carla much? Not a lot. I make a lot of breakfasts and maybe daytime meals. And I just remembered a really sweet time that Lyndon made me something that also won my heart over. I had to do a job in the city and I was driving like a U-Haul van around and like 
of course I had to stop and see Lyndon in the U-Haul for whatever ridiculous reason. I hadn't eaten all day because, of course, I was so crazy I didn't eat. And Lyndon brought me a quesadilla, a little quesadilla they had made in their apartment with cheese and avocado. And it was literally like a single piece of cheese, like a single piece of avocado, like the most like <laughs> simple quesadilla. But it was so thoughtful and so cute. And like I was so hungry. And it just felt like such a nice little gesture of, you said you were hungry and I made this for you. That really pulls my heartstrings and my nostalgia too, because I have eaten so many of Lyndon's like tiny quesadillas. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about like food and love that we didn't talk about? Well, I'm just thinking about how my mom, I was talking to her on the phone recently and probably describing what we ate while I was visiting Carla and Hudson. And she said, well, you know, food is love. And I was like, you know, she's oh. really right about that. Like being with Carla's family and especially with her and her grandma and her mom cooks sometimes too, but there's always a lot of delicious things around to eat. And every time I leave, Carla or her grandma or her mom are like, take this thing with you. Like take this piece of pecan pie, take this. Carla gave me a bowl of six huge pomegranates for my birthday at the restaurant. And I'm working through those, but I always have a physical manifestation of our bond and the care that Carla and her family have. Yeah, it's really special. And people who eat at your restaurant, Carla, get a tiny slice of that, but it still is so powerful and, and easy to see how much love goes into, into your food. And so amazing that you have this matriarchy lineage behind it. Thank you to all the lovers who hopped on the podcast today. Danielle Bell and Pablo Osorio, Carla Perez Gallardo and Lyndon Crawford, and Emil and Lauren Stanek. My heart is so full. And whether or not you decide to step out to a restaurant for Valentine's Day or have a special moment with the people you love at home, I hope it is joyful. Give our guests a follow on Instagram. You can find Carla's restaurant, Lil Deb's Oasis, by simply typing the name on Instagram. You can learn more about Danielle and Pablo's dinner series, De Pores, at De underscore Pores. Emil is on Instagram at B underscore Gotish, and Lauren is at Lauren.Stanek. If you love the show, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps keep us food people employed. And you can follow Bon Appetit on Instagram at Bon Appetit Mag and on Twitter at Bon Appetit. Food People is produced by Bon Appetit in partnership with Pod People. Vishnu Vallabhaneni is our senior producer. Ginny Bloom is our showrunner. Madison Lusby is our senior production manager. And Morgan Foos and Jessica Jones are our associate producers. This episode was engineered by Trey Booty. The music is by DJ Newmark. June Kim and I provide editorial direction for the series. Special thanks to Matt Sav, Amy Machado, and Nico Steele. I'm your host, Amanda Shapiro. See you next week.